Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey guys, you ever wonder what Phil and I wear while we podcast? You can find out if you join our Patreon. We'll also be talking about the films of 1989, but that's definitely less important than seeing our Zoom backgrounds, our headphone choices, and our sweatshirts. It's true. It's true. You'll get to see all the various pieces of artwork that I have framed on my office wall, and you can see Kenny's garden, sort of. So that's something. That's exciting. It's a hanging garden. It's a hanging garden. Uh, But perhaps more important than anything, uh, we are doing this Patreon to cover the best films of 1989. Uh, Batman, When Harry Met Sally, Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade, Ghostbusters 2 with amazing guests like Tom Meissen, Liz Hanna, Joanna Robinson, Brian Cogman, Chuck Hayward. You can sign up at patreon.com backslash podcast like it's 1989. And for $5, you'll get access to all the audio of these fantastic episodes. For a few bucks more, you'll get video as well of our 99 and 89 episodes. And perhaps, most importantly, you'll be supporting us uh, so we can just keep making podcast content for you guys. Welcome to Podcasts Like It's 1999. I'm your host, Phil Escove. And with me back to talk about Sex and the City again uh, is Emmy Potter and Carrie Corrigan. We're doing a bonus episode this week on everyone's favorite miniseries extension of, I don't know, whatever the fuck this thing is called. And just like that. Um, <clears throat> so I want to kind of ask you guys, because you were both on independently for Sex and the City. Um, <clears throat> obviously, you guys loved the show. But the show went through sort of, I almost feel like each season is its own thing in a weird way. And then you have the movies. And now we have this, they say it's limited, but I think 
we all know we're getting another season of this thing at some point, I imagine. Um, if for no other reason than because this all felt like a weird preamble to a better television show. Uh, but I do feel like, you know, your first two seasons of that show, Michael Patrick King was involved in the show from season two onward, but was really kind of handed the reins of the show in season three. So your first two seasons are kind of this Darren star, Michael Patrick King, two headed monster thing. And then the show becomes a lot more, I would say, substantive, or at least sort of really finds itself. Season three, four, Sarah Jessica Parker gets pregnant season five, which is sort of this weird, like, short season where they're just trying to hide her pregnancy the whole time. And then season six is, you know, the end of the show, um, which is sort of split into two parts. The second part feeling like a movie. I would say that part two of the last season feels a little bit like this season, where, like, there's sort of grander notions that he's sort of toying with. Kind of. And then the movies are abominations, in my opinion. Um, although some people really like the first movie. And then we have this. What are your... I guess my question to you is, do you have favorite seasons? Do you like the movies? Where do you guys land on sort of Sex and City from 30,000 feet before we dive into this thing? Uh-oh. Emmy's face <laughs> just like... Uh, uh, <clears throat> let's see. I... Yeah, I mean, anything from season three on... Mm-hmm is enjoyable i would say that like enjoyable no no i mean it's yeah. like fun to, it's fun to watch it's yeah. i think like i i i like uh i get confused as to what happens what season because it all like starts blending together yeah. at a certain point but like i like a lot when, of the, when miranda gets pregnant okay so i like a lot of like the aiden stuff i like some of the miranda being pregnant stuff in season four season five is just like whatever and then season six i the the back half of that like the the final half is like is really good because it's like you kind of don't know what she's gonna do is she gonna go to paris is she gonna you know stay in new york so that's good i did enjoy the first movie and i do wind up watching it a lot when it's on e every weekend (laughs) Uh, it, it's on E like every weekend. It's either Sweet Home Alabama or Sex in the City right. yep. one and two. Uh, I refuse to see the second movie, although I have You've seen, never like, seen it. No, I've seen like I've seen like the Any. first hour. Well, I've seen like the first hour. I've seen the Liza Minnelli wedding, which is all I care about. And I've seen when the they get wedding ever. Yeah, I've seen when they get to Saudi Arabia, which, in my opinion, when Roni, um, which is Real Housewives of New York, goes to the Middle East, they go to Morocco, and that's more fun than Sex in the City, too. There's a lot of stuff on camels and that as well. Um, my boyfriend, on the other hand, had only seen the movies. He had seen one and two, and I was like, that is deranged. <laughs> no one well, should like- have only seen the movies. And then he, like... And then, of course, I know the Lawrence of my labia joke because, you know. And that they all wear burkas. At one they point. all wear burkas and it's really <laughs> offensive. And I pretend so that that offensive. movie did not happen. And instead, we'll just watch the season of Real Housewives of New York where they go to Morocco instead. So, um, you know, like, I love the show. But like less just cartoonish. as offensive, <laughs> but less, <laughs> yeah, but less um, like sitcom cartoonish. Yeah, <laughs> right. So right, it's right, like, right. I love the original series. I want, like, it's something I can throw on. And, yeah. and like, even though Very I've seen it, a, yeah, it's like, even though I've seen it a million times, but like, it's still really entertaining. 
Um, and, and the chemistry between those, the four leads is just like, it's great. It's beautiful. Um, and each character really feels distinct. Um, and then I have thoughts on that when we get yeah, to when we get to when we get to angels. <laughs> so, Carrie, what, do you have favorite stuff, seasons, what have you, from from the the original series, and and thoughts on the movies and and all that? Oh, season four is my favorite. Like, right, I, I have that like answer. I'm like ready to go. <laughs> season four, uh, the season four finale, favorite episode. Um, yeah. It's so good. Um, a good like love letter to I love a love letter to New York. What can I yeah. say? Sure, sure. Um, you didn't think that it just like three. that was a was a good love letter to New York. <laughs> it had its moments. Okay, okay, all right. It had its moments. So, first do you like the movie? The first movie? movie? I like the first movie. Okay, um, minus definitely that ugly bag, long, but yeah. Minus the ugly bag, it could have like thirty. It could have thirty minutes shaved off of it easily. Um, second movie, I had not seen since I saw it in theaters, and I remember seeing it in theaters. I must have been, I must have been like twenty two or twenty three or something. Like when I, I don't know when it came out, but um, two thousand eight, I, I believe two thousand eight. The first movie did. Yeah, so I remember I was a movie. senior oh. in high school and I saw the first movie. Okay. Then maybe, maybe it was, it was like 21 or 22. I think it was 2010. Yeah. So something like that. I feel like, like it was every, one, the, one of the big sort of hits against it was it was right in the middle of like the financial crisis. <laughs> and everyone was just like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. So I hadn't seen it since then. I remember even at that age coming out of the theater, like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, what the fuck did I just, I cannot believe it. Yeah. Just, I, it just, I need to have, I need to rewatch the entire series as a palate cleanser, but it was yeah. on E or something not long ago, like a month or two ago. I no, it's right literally before. on E like every other weekend. I'm every other weekend. Well, well, the first one is more than the second one, but yeah. the second one was on like right before and just like that started. And there was nothing else on TV one night. And I put it on thinking, I'm just going to have this in the background while I like mindlessly scroll. And I ended up watching it. And I like, <laughs> it was like a train wreck. Yeah. No, it's, I really it's a was like, this is so bad. And I cannot, I'm not enjoying this at all. It's not even like a gleeful delight in how campy and bad it is. It's not yep. even bad in a good way. I was just like, I can't stop watching this because I'm horrified. And I can't I, pull away. So I watched it again around the time that I was doing the the podcast because I wanted to sort of watch the entire series. I, 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 you know, I had seen the second movie not in theaters. I watched it when it was out on video or something like that at some point. So, and my roommate, who's also a very big Sex and City fan, loves the first movie. Had never seen the second one, and I was like, "You're going to watch this with me. You need to see it." And I swear to you, like half hour from the end she was fully prone on the couch with a pillow over her head saying please make it stop i can't do this like it was physically hurting her like it really is just a, a fucking brutal brutal thing <laughs> just that being cringe said, level through the roof yeah what's interesting about there's lots of things and we'll talk about them about this and just like that this mini series this limited whatever 
is that it's clearly a reaction to the second film to some degree or another, right? Which is that they're just like, they saw the way everyone hated this movie. They saw the reaction to it. Um, And the impression I got was that there was a third movie kind of locked and loaded to some degree that Michael Patrick King wanted to do, which from rumors, conjecture, what have you, was going to revolve around Big's death. Um, And I do think that a lot of the notions in this miniseries is sort of a distillation of some of that, of like wanting to do what is life like if the love of your life dies. I think. I don't oh, know. I think so. Mm-hmm. And okay. like exploring what it's like to, I mean, what is sex in the city if they're all settled down? I mean, right. minus Samantha, but like, yeah. you know, what is it then? There's there no conflict. No, there's nothing. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. So I think that that idea is interesting to me. When this was announced, the idea of like, a show that was going to explore being 55 plus and either potentially single or dealing with grief or just being a woman at that age, that sounded relatively interesting to me. And I do think that that is at the forefront of this show, but I'm not entirely convinced they know what they want to say about those things. Well, I feel like there's more sex on the golden girls than there was on this show. (laughs) Like those women are all like there. So there was all, all this chatter around and just like that, there and there were like memes being like, mm-hmm. "This is you know, these were the ages of like Dorothy and Sophia and Rose and Blanche, and like they were all minus Sophia. They were all supposed to be like probably like fifty five plus, right? And the way that we viewed, you know, society viewed older women when the Golden Girls first started airing versus the way we view women in their 50s and older now has like really shifted and, you know, and people just like look younger now. And granted, they have like the access to the best skincare in the world. But like, it's just like when you watch Golden Girls, it's like filthy. Like these women are like, they're like, just like fucking all over the place. It's amazing. And, you know, because it was network television, you have to like keep those, you know, keep things a little more reined in but like you know i think that there was like a way to do it and if the golden girls could do it it's like yeah the show is just missing that it it, first of all it is a surprisingly sexless show until it's not yeah because che che really and i mean like we could do four hours on che i feel (laughs) just on che just on che the che diaz of it all oh my god i i mean Okay, so I think that Che is a perfect distillation of the best of intentions. The road to hell is paved with the best of intentions. <laughs> I, I do think that they they went out of their way to try to create this character that could, you know, birth a different side of Miranda, that could show sort of an edginess, that could kind of be... But I almost think that Che was too much of a, like... Swiss army knife. Like they just wanted her to be too many things. And ultimately she just ended up being kind of none of them. But Carrie, what are your thoughts on Che? I mean, I think first of all, though, like, yeah, I do wish that the show dealt with sexuality in like older women better than being like, Mm -hmm. they're all 
in sexless marriages now, like sure. the sex goes out of marriage. Um, and Harry I still blows, wish, still blows Harry though. Just FYI, yeah. Charlotte yeah. still blows Harry. Sorry, yeah. that's her, Charlotte, um, <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, um, yeah, the can of worms that would open up. Yeah, um, uh, but I. I think it's interesting in that, like, Che was never supposed to be that big of a role. Like, Che was never supposed to be the thing for Miranda. Like, it was, and it makes, I think the problem is the first two, maybe even three episodes Mm -hmm. are good. Good-ish. They show promise. Yeah, yeah. First two especially show promise. And I think those in those two episodes, you see like the kind of hints that she's going to end up with. Like she has a lot in common and a lot of chemistry with Naya. And there was that interview where, with the writers where they were like, yeah, we were going to, we were actually going to pair them off. And oh, then that's interesting. And then Cynthia Nixon was like, oh, I don't like the way this is like two older straight women fumbling around like, that's how they like how did they get there it has to be some sort of there needs to be some someone who sort of like makes this awakens this like discovery or something in Miranda but something that was like it seems too cliche for two older straight women to be like let's bone I guess I don't know (laughs) I mean the problem is that that first and foremost when you say that it's like it's much more organic and you can see that the yeah. that the seeds are being laid mm-hmm. for that relationship to go there and then Naya drops off a cliff ultimately her character just kind of doesn't as much as i th- i really like the performance mm-hmm. and again i mean i understand there there is complexity to you know fertility and all the various things that she was dealing with but ultimately it sort of felt like in a different television show this is happening so there's that there's also you know the Cynthia Nixon thing that you're referring to does there there feels to me and I've we've been texting throughout this entire series the three of us about sort of the various issues that we have and things we like and mostly don't like but I do think that there's an overpowering sense that Cynthia Nixon came into this project with notions of what she wanted Miranda to go through and that's all fine and good. And she is a producer on the show. So that comes into play. It just feels like the character kind of got wrangled away from the writers a little bit. And perhaps Cynthia Nixon kind of took a little bit of ownership of this new direction of Miranda's character. Um, and and listen, I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but I feel as though the execution of these things felt a little bit uh, muddy. Yeah, I was gonna say it seems it it's good intention. It's it has good intentions. It's just like yeah. the execution is sloppy. It's yeah. a sloppy narrative. Yeah, and it's sloppy and character building, is, and it goes yeah. against yep. the entire character bible. Well, it's you know you, you talked about the first couple episodes working. I put that in quotation marks because I do think that they work better than the majority of the middle episodes of this mm-hmm. run. It really feels to me like a feature script was written. <laughs> He had that to work from um, that, 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 you know, that he wanted the feature ultimately to be sort of the launching pad for, for the series. And, and it feels like it just diverges like at episode 
four or so, you're just sort of like, what is this show now? Miranda does, isn't dealing with alcoholism anymore. <laughs> I mean, like, it's just <laughs> dropped like a bad hat. You're just like, what? it's just everything just kind of just veers into a completely different direction. Um, and I don't know if that's just a lack of grace. I, I've mentioned this on our on our thread, but like, I really wonder if this series was boarded. Like, I were 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 there any writers' boards in terms of thirty thousand feet? Because it just feels like it just kind of lurches in all these different directions. That it doesn't feel like there's a much of a sort of flow or or organic arc to to anything that's going on. Yeah, it really feels like the only character who has um, kind of more of a a solid arc through the series is Carrie. Yeah. I think like that's the only one that seems to be anchored in a sense of, even though like, first of all, the sense of time in this show, it's like post pandemic. It's like in a parallel universe. It's like post pandemic New York, but it's like one episode. It's like a week later, but then all of a sudden it's like six months later. And then it's like, <laughs> Oh no, we're like at, by the end of the, this, this season or, whatever is whatever we're doing by the end of it it's like oh well now we're like a year later but uh, like i think that her like her arc carrie's arc is the only one that seems to have any sort of like narrative consistency and then i would put charlotte's probably second because so much of hers is like dealing with her her kids and then then yeah. Miranda's is like it's like it's like hey remember when Miranda was an alcoholic well she's over that now and now she she's gone from one addiction to the new addiction which is Che Diaz and her relationship with them and like we all crave Che though we all have a crave <sighs> I I have to say that this you know Who this week that? yeah this week on Thursday I did wake up a little sad and I was like I am craving me some Che Diaz memes and there won't be any more because They're we won't well have any new episodes <clears throat> for a while until she gets until their pilot gets picked up until so- their pilot gets picked up <laughs> the, I mean Che is like an inspiration in that you can be like not that funny and do like no visible work and all of a sudden you're moving to LA because you've got like a pilot that's like based on I'm like the new Roseanne and I like when she was funny and I was like what what is that yeah no nepotism or connections like none that's the even wilder part yeah I was like wow aspirational that's Trey I so I, I think that I mean the Carrie thing. You're I think you're absolutely right that Carrie feels like they had an end point in mind, which is I think they knew they wanted to end in Paris. I think they knew that. Uh, I mean, they shot something. We'll never see it because Chris <laughs> Noth is obviously very much canceled, uh, understandably so. Um, but like the the Paris thing felt like we're this is our end point for a character. Um, I love that she's like the fuck I'm going with Charlotte. I'll go alone, which I think. Is <laughs> which i think is great um so i do agree with you that like it felt like carrie starts at one place big dies carrie ends at one place potentially open to the possibilities of being over this grief 
and moving on with her life and other men and other possibilities and what have you. The problem, as I said up top, is that I want to watch that show. I'm really not interested in what I watched for about six or seven episodes of, of just sort of these weird kind of flailings of story and character and what have you. Um, I would watch the show where Carrie is Fraser Crane. I'm fine with that. that, that that's okay <laughs> with me. I, I mean, I'll, I'll watch Carrie, you know, give me her VO again. Give me sort of some bearing walls of, of story and character that at least I felt like, you know, with those 22-minute episodes, the reason the original show is so bingeable, I think we all agree, is that each character has a defined storyline that has, you know, eight minutes of screen time or so and wraps itself up in three or four beats, and it works. And this is just so, there's so much fat on this show, it's crazy. There's just stuff where you're just like, what is, what are we even doing? Yeah, well, I was I like, like, wow, it's 40, each episode is like 40 minutes. <laughs> Fuck. It's so long. I'm just I'm trying that? to I'm trying to remember like aren't some of the writers on this show not TV writers like aren't they media people? Um and like essayists. Yeah. Well, I know that like Samantha Irby is um an essayist if I'm not mistaken, correct? Like she has a Yeah, she has a couple books of I'm like I'm trying to remember uh, if essayist. she's written before. I so like, like I, I TV do, I do want That's to hone in for a second on Tragically Hip, which is Samantha Irby's episode, which is the one where Carrie has hip surgery. She's not getting a replacement hip. They're just fixing her hip because she has a some sort of a genetic side, whatever. Anyway, it doesn't matter. They just make it very clear that she's not getting a new hip. I, I want to bring up this episode because I feel as though... There's a a portion of this episode that to me exemplifies what I think this show wants to do and why it's pretty much incapable of doing it. So you have a scene where uh, Carrie, post-surgery, Samantha uh, Miranda's taking care of her. She falls asleep. Che comes over and they proceed to hook up in the kitchen. Uh, and and Miranda has the I guess the first orgasm she's had in her life it seems I don't know it, it, it she, <laughs> she take Che takes her to space and back and um, while Carrie needs to go to the bathroom she pees in a Gatorade bottle because she hears that Miranda is you know hooking up with Che or sees it even and then. And on the bed, Miranda and Che stop hooking up, and then they and then Carrie and Miranda get in a whole argument. It's just like, what the fuck is this show? Like, it's just you're you genuinely. I'm like, is this supposed to be funny? Is this supposed to be emotionally resonant? Is it supposed to be sexy? Like, I genuinely had no idea. But I was like watching it like it's like a car crash in slow motion that you're just like, I can't turn away from this. But I genuinely don't know what the fuck we're doing. Did you guys find the scene? Did it was it was any of this effective for you? I mean, I I thought that was one of the better of the middle episodes, actually, because I thought the whole I just thought the whole stacking of the house of like. Yes. The house of cards. Sure. The like antics of peeing in the Gatorade bottle. Like that some of the like comedy in that mm-hmm. reminded me of the old sure, sure. classic 
oh geez this show oh geez like like Miranda slipping and falling and hurting her neck or whatever but like I just to be clear I'm not the aftermath of it it, I didn't say that it, it wasn't working I just found myself deeply discombobulated as to intent Right. Because uh, the thing is, like, it worked to a point, mm-hmm. and then it, get, it it's like what you said, where it's like, well, wait a second, how did we just go from something that is, like, slapstick to they're talking about Miranda's drinking problem. It like, it's just wild tonal shifts that I don't think, I think the original show is capable of having moments of drama and moments of comedy in the same episode, just like life. This yeah. is so like, it just took such wild swings from one to the other that it was mm-hmm. kind of like, what are you doing here? Yeah. It How doesn't... many people are chiming in on this in the writer's room or something like Right. Yeah, it, it doesn't really feel like it. it feels like all of them are very confused. Like all the writers and Michael Patrick King are very confused as to what they ultimately wanted their tone to be. And I would wager that that SJP also had a voice in, in shaping some of this as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And it just seems that that confusion is then, of course, anything that you're not clear on is going to come out in your scripts. And I think when you look at the line of the season, it is just like the tone is like all over the place. And I think, um, I think I said this in our group chats. I, I feel like some of the swings to me come out of like uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, having worked with like Sharon Horgan on divorce and some of those, some of these like big dramatic shifts, like, like I didn't, I fell off of watching divorce, even though like I'm a big fan of Sharon Horgan um, and I love catastrophe. And I think catastrophe does this so well where you yeah. have these like really like funny, nasty things happen. Um, and then like the next second it's, you're like ready to, to weep. And I, mm-hmm. it seems like that's kind of what they were trying to go for, but it's also yeah. like, catastrophe again did that in like 25 minutes and and i think like these episodes are so long and and the tone is so all over the place and adding more time just makes that more apparent like we're not sure what we really want to do with these people and what we really want to say and so yeah i did find it like that episode I did find wild because it was like, oh my God. So Miranda's getting finger blasted in the kitchen. And then we have like, <laughs> Carrie's like trying to pee in the bed and she's like pee the bed, which is like cringe, 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 which is like how I felt yeah. for most of the series, like cringe, cringe. And yeah. then, you know, and then all of a sudden, yeah, we're having this discussion about like, I think Miranda's an alcoholic. And then that gets dropped like two episodes later. So it's, yeah. it's just all these inconsistencies add up to like the little ones are adding up to just like wild, big inconsistencies that I think that I think the divorce, the divorce connection I think is a, is a valid one. Like, I think that it's, I mean, I also fell off of divorce. I just found it hard to watch. It was just, Mm -hmm. it was just a really, it was just a very depressing show. It's Um, a bummer. (laughs) It's it's a real bummer. Super bummer of a show. (laughs) And I was just like, I just, I'm not, I'm not on, I just don't want to get on this ride, but 
this show is just the tones all over the place. I also feel like so each of our leads, um, which is that's nice. Yeah. It's um, a person, a nice person of color, a token a nice person, person of color. color is, uh, Miranda gets two, um, mm-hmm. but uh, but because of this infusion of characters into the show. I think that's also why the running time balloons because they're just like, we have to give each of these supporting characters arcs as well. Um, so it just, it becomes a much larger ensemble, which is kind of not really this show's bag in its own way. So it just, and then on top of all of this, it should be said, you know, unfortunately Willie Garson passes away during the production of the show. So you know, um, Stanford's character just sort of obviously drops out. Um, and Anthony gets kind of slotted into what feels like most of Stanford's storylines, or or at least so he's also getting real estate. There's just too many characters to service. And then on top of all of this, they're not even really the characters we've grown to love over the series either. Like I'm I'm a little bit like I'm fine with you infusing a whole bunch of new characters into the show, I guess, but they have to feel of a piece. And I'm just not entirely convinced that, um, forgive me, what was, um, uh, okay, Lisa Todd Wexley or LTW as they refer to her. Uh, I'm just not really sure what she brought to the show other than some insane outfits. The outfit she wears. Yeah, it's crazy. Anyway, please. she was the weakest of the of mm-hmm. the yeah. additional characters. Like, I don't know if she had any sort of. I don't think they gave her any sort of like backstory or like storyline arc no. throughout the season, other than like, oh, her her mother in law kind of doesn't like her, and she threw a dinner party where Charlotte was her only white friend. Oh, ha ha! She's the black Charlotte. Like, and and then she has trouble like doing just, an auction at a a fancy. You know, probably kind of fight. I don't. Yeah, kind of yeah. fight, but it's and it's a shame because I think uh, that actress and her name is escaping me. Uh, um, Nicole uh, Parker. Nicole yeah, I, I like I. She's very charismatic. She like she's great to watch on screen. She is. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah. I think that Naya's storyline drops off too. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we just sort of she just kind of disappears a little bit. We, we don't really have a resolution to her. Um. Uh, uh, fertility issues uh, and her husband, um, you know, and then, and then forgive me, what was uh, Carrie's friend? Seema. Seema. Seema's the best one of them all. Seema. Yeah. Yeah. Seema is, uh, Seema feels like she should have just, she really should have been given that fourth seat at the table the whole time. And they could have ex- really expanded her. I yeah. think she's like, I agree. I th- uh, first of all, I mean, t- like, an incredible actress, but, and like has been working a long time, just like super sexy. She's got like, and I love the character because she's got like tons of money. She's like glamorous. She's, she represents a certain, uh, you know, segment of the population in, in Queens, which is there are a lot of uh, wealthy people of color in Queens. And, um, yeah, I would watch like a whole show that was just following her dating different people and what that's like at 55. And her, I was one of the best scenes with Carrie, which is the scene where I don't remember which episode it was, but like, the framed picture of her and big gets broken. And it's sort of the tag at the end of the episode where 
Um, essentially, Seema talks about, you know, how she's looking for love as well and and sort of the 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 sadness that's inside this character a little bit. Um, it's a really beautiful scene. Um, you know, the Diwali episode leaves something to be desired. Um, yeah. But just in terms of not really digging into Seema's culture in any real way other than the cool outfits. Yeah. But, no, that um, did really it, bother me for sure. Because part of the yeah. issue, Oh, sorry. Oh yeah. Sorry. I was just going to say that episode really bothered me because I think it's like, uh, we're going to title it after, um, w- probably the most famous Indian, um, holiday. And that at least that white people know, and then we're going to wind up using that as a point for the white character to like have uh, some kind of epiphany that has nothing to do with the holiday. And instead of really like, they spent a lot of time, like kind of building up this idea of like Seema lying to her parents about like having a boyfriend or like whatever. And, and this kind of like cultural mindset Mm -hmm that's there and then it just it was kind of like they just like dropped it they didn't spend much time at the Diwali party and then like then it was like oh well now Carrie's (laughs) Diwali and then then Carrie has some like epiphany about light you know it's about taking light which Diwali has you know a certain celebration of light and it it was just like okay (laughs) there's a way to do this and it's not this (laughs) I agree. What were what were you going to say, Carrie? I mean, I think the biggest problem is that Seema's storyline gets short shifted a lot because they have to give more. They have to have time for all of the other characters, and I think what we're all saying is Seema should have been the fourth character, unquestionably. Like it should have just been Seema. But the problem seems to be everyone dancing around. We don't want to say Seema is the new Samantha. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It's, and, and, and I mean, yeah, the, the irony to me, and I, I, and I appreciate you sort of bringing up the elephant in the room to some degree, because it feels like Samantha is this shadow that kind of hangs over the entire show. And understandably so she was the fourth cast member. She was, you know, obviously a fan favorite. Um, there's, many podcasts and many things to be written about the strife between Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall, um, which, which Sarah Jessica Parker threw even more uh, gasoline on recently by saying she doesn't want her to come back for the next season of this show. If she does, it's like, anyway, all that being said, um, you can't really have it both ways. And that's what they're trying to do. This, this text message arc um, that exists between Carrie and Samantha in theory doesn't bother me so much because I understand they don't want to like kill her off or completely, you know, write her out of the show, but you didn't need them to be at odds with one another. They just could have been texting. Like Samantha could have just like happily moved to London or wherever or Paris and was just like living a happy life. Why did they have to have strife between the two of them is sort of beyond me. I, I know that it, it's, it's forcing a weird arc on these text messages that I just don't think is helpful to the show. Um, and it keeps Samantha in the ecosystem when I think they should have just put her away and just been done with it. I think there's a, there was a way to deal with it that didn't involve the text messages. Like sure. it, it is weird. Like I think, but I think, 
I don't know. It's interesting losing a friend that close um, at that age. Also like that close that you've known for that long. That is interesting to me. How do you mm-hmm. deal with that sort of grief on top of, That's or in a, or even just on its own mm-hmm. on top of losing your husband or just on its own. That's a traumatic experience, but then they made it such a, like a non fight. Yeah. Like it wasn't, if they were going to have strife, it needed to be something bigger than like a misunderstanding. It just, I feel like they didn't want to flesh it out to be like, here's why they are at odds. Here's why it's really painful to carry because it's painful to lose a friend. Even if something happened that was like, that justified it. Um, And also like, how are the other characters? You only ever hear about Carrie's interactions with them. Like you don't, with or with Samantha, you don't see... I think it was like a one note, like I think in the first episode or something, uh, Miranda was like, oh yeah, I talked to her sometimes. Or like, I te- like I think there was like a throwaway line yeah, or yeah. something. Yeah. Like, have you heard from her? Yep. Like, what's that like? Also, when you are friends with, when you are no longer friends with somebody, but your mutual friends are still trying to have relationships with both people. I think there's a very interesting storyline there about the loss of a friend that if the if the show is about friendship in addition to about mm-hmm. love and sex that's a very important narrative to tell they just completely chickened out of telling that because they didn't want to piss her off even more than they already had right i, I just wonder if if sarah just i mean listen I, I i don't know the the you know the the inner workings of of the show there is a part of me too where i feel like sarah jessica parker didn't want to perhaps spend too much real estate on this as well, right? You know, she didn't want this narrative um, to become any bigger than it already was, I guess, to some degree. Um, You decided to make this show without her. So by doing that, you're going to take your lumps. Like there's going to be people that are just like, this is not the show that I don't, blah, blah, blah. Totally get it. And those people are completely justified. You need to own it. Like own it with the SEMA character. You know, say that this don't you don't need to say it's the new Samantha, but like have her fill that fourth seat at the table, whatever it is, and just and and that character is going to become a punching bag. That character is going to become something that people are upset about, but own it and then hope that you can move forward past it. But instead, this entire show exists in some weird fucking purgatory where it's like between owning things and not really owning things and trying to be quote unquote woke and also trying to be the show that it was in the past. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. Like, so I want to talk about rock for a second. Mm -hmm. The, 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 the Charlotte component, which is her daughter Rose decides that she's non-binary. Um, I actually, I, I thought the performance was, I, I liked the, the actress that played Rock. Um, I liked what it brought out in, in Charlotte's character. Um, I liked the, uh, uh, the, the trans rabbi was a, was a standout. Um, I hope she gets her own television show. Um, she's fantastic. Um, I, 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 I liked the whole, I thought all that stuff worked quite well, all things considered. I liked it more than, the stuff she was dealing with with her other daughter, whose name I Lily is that it? I think yeah. it's Lily. Yeah, because that just seemed to be. I, I mean, I, I don't know. 
maybe I guess you lose your string of your of your tampon. I guess that's a thing that happens. I don't know. I don't know that. I mean, I apologize. I don't mean to seem ignorant, but I'm just <laughs> like it. Just felt a little bit like I don't. It, it, that felt like a storyline that might actually have have existed on the original show. So like, it didn't necessarily bother me. It was just they made such a meal out of it that it felt like an A story. That I was just like, I don't know what we're doing here. But what did you think about? about Charlotte and her kids and how they sort of, how they impact that stuff. Um, I, I liked a lot of Charlotte's stuff actually for as much as it sometimes I was like, what are, <laughs> for the most part, my whole reaction to the show is like, what are we doing here? Um, <laughs> but I, I actually enjoyed, I kind of found a lot of Charlotte's storylines to kind of be like a nice breath of fresh air in between too much Che Diaz and too much. Uh, you can never have too much Che Diaz. We're like, like Carrie's still mourning big, and then having text messages with Samantha, which it is to Kim Cattrall's credit that I could hear the text, like you could hear them in Samantha's voice, like to her credit. Um, but yeah, like I, I liked a lot of Charlotte's storylines. I think it's like a. a I think it's a good direction to take for a person that is has in the past in the show really been obsessed with like creating uh, a perfect family, a perfect marriage. Like, what does that look like? Everything has to be just so she's, you know, a Park Avenue wealthy woman. Like, what does it mean to have uh, children that kind of don't necessarily conform to this like perfect idea of you know like a, a white family um <laughs> surprisingly and i mean i'm not jewish but i find a lot of the like the like a lot more of the jewish stuff that i'm a little bit like should we be making jokes about like hala and like there were just some like jokes that i was like what what are we doing as, um, as the as the sole <laughs> jewish person on this i believe i Carrie, I don't believe you're Jewish, are you? Okay. No. Um, I'll just say that I actually had a conversation with uh, a group of friends the other day about this because a non-Jewish friend of mine had the same problem that you did um, in terms of like when Rock at the end sort of rejects having her fae mitzvah or whatever they decide to call it. Um, and, and my friend was like, it seems like a perfect opportunity for... Charlotte to sort of expound on her love for Judaism and what it means to her and why it's important to her, even if right. Rock didn't. Um, and I get all of that. I guess my my argument to this would be, you know, we did her conversion in in season six, which, right. and as someone who has a stepfather who converted, the converts are always a lot more Jewish than the people that are. Not. Yeah, yeah. So. The the sort of conversion of of Charlotte and and her sort of larger than lifeness when it comes to her Judaism doesn't bother me, um, but I can see how it is cartoonish. Right. I think it, considering everything else going on in the show yes, with yes, like yes. trying you know trying to really like appeal to the criticisms that the show is too white and it's not it doesn't look and feel enough like actual New York City which is so diverse and uh, you know it, it just kind of like one more thing that's like ugh. but I I think like I kind of think that they they alluded to more of like that there were issues between like Lily and Rock I think maybe like vying for Charlotte's attention or just like not like that there was some tension there and that also seemed to go away. And 
Um, I, I think that Lily kind of got the short end of the stick in terms of her kids, like storylines with her kids, because like she's just the, a kid. Because like because like the rock, the rock story took a lot of precedence, and like I understand why. And rock's cooler yes, than Lily anyway. Rock is very real. cool, and uh, <laughs> rock I also love, like didn't ruin Carrie's life twice. Yeah, that's <laughs> that is true, and I hope that. Uh, Harry Neff, who plays the trans rabbi, I really hope that that character comes back, but also that Harry gets a, or Hari. Harry, Hari, I think Hari, it's Hari. Hari. Okay. I hope that Hari gets uh, her own show because she's hilarious. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, I thought the rock thing was actually handled with a little more subtlety and grace than I think a lot of the other issues in the show. I appreciated. Um, and then I obviously want to hear what you think, Carrie. But I, I appreciated um, the moment when they go to the school, when Carrie, I'm sorry, Charlotte and Harry go to talk to the, I guess it's the principal or the teacher or whatever. And the teacher is just like, we don't know what Rock's future is. We don't, but this is this is how they feel right now. And we should embrace that. And Harry's line of being like, having a teacher tell me, how I'm supposed to feel about my own kid is, you know, is is tough. I imagine, I think they did a relatively good job of showing how scary, discombobulating, alienating it can feel to all of a sudden feel like you don't know your child. Like, I think that that, that, that I thought was interesting. Um, so, but Carrie, what, what did you think of Lily and Rock? Um, no, I mean, I thought rock, the rock stuff was handled well and, and building on, um, Emmy's point about who Charlotte was always painted to be. I think it also really helps deal with the fact that Charlotte has always been sort of a caricature of and obsessed with the ideal amount of like ideal femininity. Mm-hmm. She's hyper feminine. She's like always in the original show, like always sort of shaming the other women, like that's not ladylike or that's vulgar, like Miss Prim ultimate lady. How do you like, I I thought that was a good juxtaposition for her to, um, I would have liked it. I know. I don't know if they had, if they had her reflect on herself a little bit, I think Mm -hmm. they touched on it. Um, There was a scene at brunch or something where she was like, did you always want to be, did you ever not want to be a girl? Um, But I don't know, maybe that's like as, as deep as Charlotte can get about that sort of thing. Cause she just can't, (laughs) I don't know. Maybe Charlotte has always been like, I love being a girl. Um, (laughs) I, I get the impression like, that, that that is how she feels, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I, so she I can't like, fathom it, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I liked it as a, as a moment of Charlotte needing to reconcile all these different parts of herself mm-hmm. with, yeah. with being tolerant of others also like tolerant of and supportive of others and understanding and having grace for her own child, even yeah. if they don't agree with, not agree with, even if, she can't understand it of having compassion for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I no, I I, I 100% agree. I, I think that they did. I mean, the funny part is that Charlotte at the beginning of the series, I want to say like the first two episodes was grating as fuck. Like I was just like annoyed by her in a deep way. And I was just like, I don't know if I can keep riding this. 
But then they did find a way to sort of temper her a little bit to to show some depth um, and and make her feel just not as grating. Um, so I I, I want to um, pivot to to Carrie for a second. Um, there there are two characters that I, I I'm interested in your thoughts on. The first is um, the uh, the woman downstairs whose name uh, I don't remember. Uh, she's a young woman who's like a jewelry designer or something to that effect. And sort of there's this, I, I genuinely don't remember her name. So my apologies to whoever this person I think was. it was like a throwaway. Yeah. Um, I, 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 the impression you get is it's an infusion of a character that was around the ages or probably a little bit younger than Carrie was when we sort of entered the series and sort of her seeing a little bit of herself and, and apparently a lot of her boyfriend. I'm not sure why we needed to see his dick as much as we did, but that's all fine and good. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. Sure. Um, and, and just sort of the uh, Carrie seeing herself in this younger woman a little bit. Um, the reason I bring it up is I, I went to see uh, uh, the worst person in the world last night, um, which I don't know if you guys have seen this film yet. Not yet. Not it's yet. on my list. It's tremendous. I think you'll both love it. But um, the, the, the reason I bring it up is because I think that that movie does such a tremendous job of really crystallizing what it's like to be in your late 20s, early 30s right now and uh, as a woman and sort of the, the complexities of of femininity and wanting kids or not wanting kids and what it means to be in a relationship and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of feel like this miniseries, whatever, drops the ball on that, which feels like it's such an important part of the series. Like I felt like this this young woman's character really could have been something a lot more interesting. And instead, it kind of had this weird, almost like dangerous quality to it that I just don't know how I felt about like her boyfriend seemed kind of abusive and like Carrie sneaking into her apartment late at night. It just all felt very sort of like kind of weirdly dangerous and fraught. And I guess I'm just wondering if you guys felt like we, if we needed this at all, like if they should have just removed it entirely from the series and whether or not you felt like it needed an infusion of, of sort of that youthful vibe that the show originally had. I mean, I only got the vibe from the boyfriend that it was a little bit like, I mean, they didn't, they, again, they weren't gutsy enough to go there, but it should have been like, big was kind of, you had the same arguments with big, you dumb bitch. Yeah. (laughs) Big was pretty shitty to you for a long time. I know we all romanticize big. I absolutely will take credit. I will. Yeah own the fact that I have romanticized him, but he was also a fucking asshole to you. Like, and verbally abusive, emotionally manipulative, blah, blah, blah. I thought that was maybe where they were going to take that. Mm -hmm. And just a sort of moment of, because wasn't there a line in the funeral where like that, the other thing, like the other, like, why is this, why is this like random character from season two or whatever showing up to the funeral and being like, he was an asshole to her. Like yeah, Susan weird... Sharon shows up and says, am I the Susan only one that Sharon remembers he was an asshole? When he was an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, it's just <laughs> things that got I dropped. Keep, things that got dropped. <laughs> and the problem is I keep, it just keeps coming up for me as we're talking. It's like, 
this show tried to so hard to be for everyone mm-hmm. and it didn't want to upset anyone and it wanted everyone to like it. And the end result is that it pleased almost no one. Yeah, It's a fucking yeah. mess because it tried to be everything for everyone. And I think yeah. that the young character coming in, I don't think they needed it. I don't think it like did anything really like there was no real realization for Carrie. There was no, it, no. it weirdly, there was no need. It didn't pay off. It, it seems like a, a, a mode of making, you know, it was like an easy way to make Carrie have to wrestle with like her age and, and yeah. uh, where she came from in with her past relationships and like, Oh, I remember what it was like to be this age. I assume that's what we're supposed to get from all of it. But it was just kind of like, you know, like, isn't there a a better way, which again, is another question I have for the series. Isn't there a better way of doing any of this? All of this, Um, all of this, any of this, some of this, um, yeah, it just seems like it, it was like it, trying to be symbolic. It reminds me of like Mad Men episodes that like handled it better of like putting this character that is clearly supposed to be symbolic of something to Dawn. Um, but Mad Men also tended to handle these things with a lot more subtlety. Um you know, that's it's supposed to be symbolic of something. And I assume that it's, you know, just supposed to be Carrie wrestling with like, well, I'm 50. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. when I was this age and like right 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 but like yeah to your point Carrie like Big was an asshole to her for like a good majority of the series and and really I think shaped everyone's ideas about uh fuck boys and um you know but like of of an even different kind a really wealthy kind and it's just like I don't know that it was necessary I really don't I like I think there was a different way to do it it's just do it or don't do it. And I think right. that's both of your points, yeah. right? Which is yeah. like, if you're going to do something, fully commit to it. And this show does fully commit to things, Che. But more yeah. than anything, <laughs> it, it just, it, it unfortunately doesn't commit to some other things that might have been a little bit richer or a little bit more sort of illuminating to character. Like, I think ultimately what I'm getting at here with this, with this younger character is that there was an opportunity here and it feels like they kind of left money on the table and just didn't really unpack it for what it was worth. Um, it, it, you know, and it's also interesting. We talk about how sort of sexless this 
Sex in the City offshoot is. And it is, but in this particular episode, we get to we see this guy's this guy's dick a bunch. We see Harry's dick in this episode too. But again, in the in the most like sexless, unenjoyable way, where you're just like, okay, so there's a it, it feels like it felt like the show became euphoria for an episode where it's just like a bunch of dicks for the sake of dicks. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know why we're doing this. Like what to what end? Yeah, HBO Max's uh I mean HBO's dick budget must be huge. It's gone through the roof this it's year because it, it seems yeah. yeah, it seems like everywhere I turn on an HBO show, there is a new dick in my face. Because yes. yes. Righteous Gemstones has also had it's just oh, like dicks wow, dick yeah. dick city. Um and I'm like, good for you. <laughs> um but is it uh, something with like is it is it like a thing about like women won't do nudity anymore, but like or won't <laughs> Women are like maybe. So men maybe are just like, like, like I'll whip, are, I'll whip, whip like, well, I'll I, yeah. I don't have any problem showing you my dick. But it's also not their dick. Like that's the thing too, where it's like that is not uh, Harry's dick. That is clearly no. a prosthetic. Same with on on uh, Euphoria. There are some real dicks, but I'm just like it's just interesting to me. And then there's also um, uh, you know stand-in dicks where you'll like cut to a to a tight shot of right. like, white lotus Steve Zahn's yeah. dick, yeah. but it's not yeah. his dick. It's just interesting. Um, I, I don't really know what to make of any of it. I do think it's interesting that we've clearly crossed some sort of Rubicon where like you will have there because for the longest time, female nudity was just a norm where it was just like, you know, because men decided that women had to be naked all the time on film whenever they chose. So like there is something interesting about we've now crossed into some sort of a, a situation where now it's just dicks aplenty. Now you're just yeah. like dicks everywhere. Um, great, great times. Um, I, I do want to pivot to Franklin for a second, which if you remember is the guy that Carrie goes out with. His I was name, like, who's Franklin? Yeah, I was exactly. like, who's Franklin? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, he is, I believe, let me just make sure that his name is Franklin because I I do think it is. It would be Uh, funnier if it wasn't. uh, I just want to make sure that it is his name. She goes on a date with Franklin, yes, and shares a romantic kiss. Uh, His name being Franklin makes him sound like Paddington to me. Uh, There's just something very, he's also built like that. The character is just so sweet and so nice. He's obvious, he's also a widow. And I'm just like, Listen, I don't, I don't have any ill feelings towards Franklin. He seems like a nice guy, but like, <laughs> not a guy that she, that you, you're like. I can't wait for Carrie to end up with Franklin. I can't wait for Carrie to end up with the guy that she barfs with after a date. No, the the name reminds me of uh, you know, and when Harry met Sally, when she tells him that she's Sheldon. sleeping with Sheldon, and and he said, "No, it's the problem with the name. You don't hear ride me, big Sheldon. Like that's not what I think of when I think of the name Franklin. It's not a sexy name. I think the actor is very sexy. I think he's like he's a he's a good looking guy. Yeah. Um, I I like his I like his energy, but yeah. Well, and also then, you know, they share the double vomit. They both vomit. The double the vomit street. was a good moment. But like, it's, a, it's it. like almost like a callback to there's there's like a joke on the comeback about something with like a vomit. Isn't that right? Didn't I Is send there? you all some? I think I sent you all some meme that was talking about like on the comeback. They mentioned something about oh, that like might be right. vomit, yes. yeah. Yeah. which yeah. is also yeah. a Michael Patrick King Patrick show. King. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I would say a Better, certainly a better show than this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I guess my feeling about Franklin is that they essentially decided that they needed to 
someone that was the antithesis to big, someone that you that you couldn't hate, someone that the audience would be like, I mean, big is dead and I need to move on. And this guy seems sweet. Like he's impossible to dislike really. Yeah. And that's a bummer, right? Like as a character, there just doesn't seem to be a lot. There's not like a lot there, but they also don't, I don't know. They don't seem particularly invested in this guy. But how many, how many other boyfriends? I think you needed someone that you weren't going to be invested in because she wasn't going to, she wasn't going to end up long-term with the first guy she dates after Big's death. And how many boyfriends flings did she have in like the first two seasons, especially where like, yeah, they were on for one episode. Yeah. You're not, you're not wrong. It's like, you know, she's not going to end up with this guy. Yeah. Yes. That's totally fair. I think that there's, so I want to talk for a second about this bizarre Aiden situation, which is that John Corbett was interviewed, I think in the New York Post, and was like, yes, I'm going to be on the show, and I'm going to be in multiple episodes. And then the EP, <laughs> and then the EP the EPs at the end of the series was like, we never even talked to John Corbett. We don't know what he's like. He's manifesting something that I don't even understand. So I can't decide if this is a... A weird negotiation ploy, which is that John Corbett wanted to be on the show. So he was like, I'm going to say that I'm going to be on the show. Or there was a negotiation to have him on the show and the talks fell through and they couldn't lock in a deal. So they're playing as though they never spoke to him in the first place. I think I don't really C. get it. What's I C? think it's C. I think it was a um I think it was a deliberate act to throw off spoil to like um. put out fake spoilers. That's interesting. Okay, I'll give they were, you that. They were saying the same thing, like when there were all those shots of big, um, like oh, when right. they were filming right. in Paris, right. they were like, "Oh, people were saying they're doing it deliberately to like throw us off. They're filming scenes that they don't need, like that aren't going to end up." In, I mean, of course, it right and outfits show, and different but, things. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. they were like they're doing stuff to throw people off. Right. Yeah. I I I I I agree with that. I mean ultimately my feeling is that my guess is if there is another season I imagine Aiden is a part of it in some way or another. Um maybe I'm wrong, I don't know. I I guess I just sort of I missed you know caring about Carrie's love life, which is spoiler the fucking series. So like I just like yeah there's just a part of me that was like missing that. And in, and I think I mentioned this to you guys on our thread, but like if you had given us the first two or three episodes and did a significant time jump and then the finale was like episode four and you use that for sort of the tail half of this show. And I just think it would have been a much more satisfying series. I just think it was just very meandering and, and very sort of all over the place in the middle. Um, I just... I, you know, and and listen, uh, Zariski and Rotenberg, Julie Rotenberg and, and uh, Eliza Zariski wrote some of my favorite episodes of the show. Um, you know, my my motherboard myself is one of my favorite episodes. Um, I, I think that they're tremendous writers, and I think that they infuse some interesting stuff into the show. And I don't want to suggest that the writers are bad. I don't think it's that this was a necessarily a poorly written show. I just think it's what Carrie was saying, or both of you were saying, which is that the show really is trying to do too much it just mm-hmm. it, it it can't bottle the acid it can't figure out what it is and in the process it just feels so scattershot and we've found these little pockets of things that were emotionally resonant or were funny or a character that we liked 
because we love the show and we're desperate to find things that that there are to like about it. But ultimately, it just feels very unsatisfying. For sure, <laughs> for sure. I, I mean, it's 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 hard not. To, to just feel that way, in my humble opinion. But. Because I really, I actually, I really liked the the season finale. I thought, I like, too. overall, as, yeah. like, an episode, it kind of captured that, like, that, um, you know, that poignant tone, um, I think, especially towards, towards the end of season six sure. that was going on with Carrie kind of wrestling with, well, do I want to just, like, be in Paris and do nothing mm-hmm. with Petrovsky and potentially have, like, an unsatisfying life? Or, like, do I want to, like, <laughs> do I want to, like, move on and, and you know, go back to New York? And I think, like, this kind of had that same energy. And um, I agree with that. You know, God, the other thing I just remembered is like, remember there was that big buildup to Miranda going to Cleveland (laughs) to see (laughs) this big, you know, this huge, like romantic gesture. And I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to see Sex and the City do Cleveland. Like, give me that Midwestern Sex and the City as, you know, a Midwestern person. I'm like, I just, yes, let me see how they portray Cleveland, Ohio. I want this in my life. And then they just dropped it. They Again, go one it's step like, farther. The promo you know, for the ex- next episode makes it look like she crashes on Jay uh, on Jay with somebody else. Like they they make it seem as though they're giving you an episode that they don't give you. That wasn't it's even so there. It, yeah. Again, it's just like dropping, you know, dropping the ball. Like on so uh, many. It things. is very interesting how um, <laughs> how the show just feels like it's trying to do so much and fails at doing almost everything. Yeah. But I also just feel like. I I don't know. I, I miss... Okay, so here's a question to both of you. If you had your druthers at the end of the series, forget the movies, the end of the series, would she have ended up with Big? Or would she have been single? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> like the season finale? Like season finale how would I write show. that finale? Um... Because, and I'll let you guys chew on that and I'll just yammer on for a second. No, I would say, I would say I would have her, I would have her end up with big. I think it makes sense narratively. I don't, but I, I wouldn't frame it as they're going to be together forever. I think that's her pattern of behavior. Yeah. I I think I'm kind of in agreement on that. Cause I think like, okay, I, I think their, their pattern throughout the show has been very, hot and cold and and her I think she has a lot of issues surrounding big that are you know big brings out a lot of the worst parts of Carrie too and I think like they don't for sure in this series they just gloss over like literally all that it's like big is this beautiful angel of a man that I'm like no he you know I feel like Susan Sharon I'm like am I the only person that remembered he he was an asshole to her I think like yeah I, I think they would have wound up together and then I think eventually would have split. I feel like, first and foremost, I think it should be said that I do think that's what the show is attempting to do. Like at the very end of the show, it's her on the phone with him after John comes up on her. After six seasons of Mr. Big, we find out his fucking name is John. Um, and uh, on her on her bedazzled pink uh, razor phone. And, uh, and Listen, he says, Bill, it was the time. Yeah. Some of us... <laughs> 
Have yeah. them. Um, and he says, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to New York. And and there is a bit of an ellipse there. There's a, there's a you know, they do kiss at the end and you do certainly get a feeling of that these two are going to get back together. I guess my, the reason I ask you the question is there's a kind of head and heart with me and the way that I watch the show. I mean, obviously being a TV writer to some degree, I understand everything you guys are saying, which is that, you know, the, 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 the piping has been laid for her to end up with big, right? Seasons and seasons of this show. This is where it's barreling towards whether you like it or not. But then I think intellectually, I really feel like (laughs) Carrie's terrible at relationships. Like she's fucking bad at them. And on some level, I get that we want her to quote unquote, get good at them by the end of the show. And I guess that's what they're hoping. But there's just, there's no conflict in that. There's no interest in that. The movies show these two people happily married and you're just like, I'm bored. I don't give a shit about Carrie and Big being happy together. Like that's just not, I don't care about that. So I guess the reason I just feel like don't they still of, have yeah. conflict in the movies? Like he leaves her at the altar. He gets cold feet. He leaves her at the altar. What sort of? Yeah, and then she has, has a kiss with. A- so wishy washy. He's right. like, and then I she gets see- like. My, she has a kiss like, with Aiden in in the second like movie, more. and then she like goes out of her mind. She does her carry thing of like overanalyzing it. And I'm like, just don't. I'm like, either tell him or don't tell him. But like this, like. She like creates her own drama. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. She, she creates her own therapy. drama. Yeah. She needs to go to therapy. It's That's where the that series should have ended. About, yeah. The one episode she the goes one to episode therapy. Where she talks about her. No, but the one episode where she talks about how her dad left her family when she was yeah. little. It's like, no shit. Right. Where if you watch the Carrie Diaries like I did, then you would know that that wasn't, you know, that wasn't <laughs> no, the, the case. The Carrie Diaries. Is that canon? Probably not, but I enjoyed it. She's got a sister named Dorit, which we never see. Yeah, Dorit. I forgot about that. I love Dorit. I forgot about about the Carrie Diaries. The Carrie Diaries is is pretty fun, at least for the first, like, season that I watched. I think I... There was more than one season. There's two seasons of Carrie Diaries. And in the second season, the actress to play a young Samantha looks so much like a young Kim Cattrall. It's frightening you should google it carrie it is it's amazing yeah uh, she literally looks like a it, it's such muppet baby sex in the city it's insane but whatever. <laughs> yeah uh, it's yeah great. it is I, muppet I, baby I, sex in the city. <laughs> but like it's great um, oh my god um, she really does it, it's crazy yeah yeah it's um, really crazy wow <laughs> they should have brought her on they just <laughs> she'd be, yeah, she'd probably old, be almost. Well, she's not old enough to be like she's in her sixties, but, yeah. but she could have flashbacks. Know. Yeah, could have done. Um, <laughs> Carrie's face right now is incredible. You're so um, horrified. She's horrified. <laughs> uh, the Carrie Diaries is fun. Everyone should go and watch it. Um, I actually did an interview with Amy B. Harris. Uh, she was lovely. Um, uh, but but all that being said, I just think it's interesting that like. The show tries to have his cake and eat it too in its series finale, which is sort of leaving an ellipse. You're not really sure. Are they going to make it? Are they not? Who knows, right? And then the movies try to... The movies are like weird fan fiction that I just don't really understand. Like, who wanted to see her kiss Aiden in Abu Dhabi is beyond me. <laughs> um, it, like, the whole thing is just some weird, like... Who is this for? Right. Who is this for? Who is um, this and, for? And this show feels oddly like also fan fiction just written by 55-year-old women or something. I, I really don't know. So something that was that was dinged this show was a lot of people talked about how, um, <laughs> how these three women 
seemed, you know, too woke and trying too hard. And my counter to that is, I guarantee you that they would be like these people. Like, I don't actually think it's a stretch to think that Miranda Carey and Charlotte would twist themselves into pretzels to seem woke in 2021. Yeah, although I think I think with Miranda, though, like to me, Miranda seems like the person that's like she lives in Brooklyn in like a really nice townhouse. There's no way that she's not part of like the the wealthy Brooklyn set who like she goes to the farmer's market and like does the whole thing. And like as somebody who I'm sure has listened to like NPR her entire life and has the tote bag and like probably... you know, probably has like, I'm voted for Obama, loves Michelle Obama. Like she seems like that kind of like white woman liberal, but I, I just kind of refuse to believe she would be that cringy about like racial issues. Like there's no way living in her neighborhood. She isn't also around like some other wealthy, um, like wealthy black women, like that live in that area. It's just like, she in particular, I felt like just would have a little more skill at navigating that than like the other two who to me would seem a little more Charlotte for sure. seems like she would be the most clueless and yet she sometimes handled things better than the other. Yeah. Two. I mean, remember when I, Cynthia Nixon was almost your mayor? No, governor. our governor. Governor. Oh my God. I thought it yeah, was our governor. <laughs> If she were our governor, we would have avoided all of this. All of this. It's true. <laughs> all of it. Um, no, I mean, this I also think like, Miranda's a lawyer. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Miranda has always, I, I don't know. I feel like Miranda would have been the one like early on being like. Exactly. Early in like 2020 when there were, there was a lot of like political strife and yeah. a lot of social reckoning, I think she would have been like, of course, like I've yeah. known about this for years. I think she would yeah. have been schooling yeah. all of them instead of being like, I just read this book at the end of policing. I just read the end of policing. And it's a, like, that would be yeah. Charlotte. Miss like yeah, exactly. Franca. Yeah, like, she is a lingua franca. You know, she owns, you know, Charlotte owns a like, you know, Charlotte yeah. probably owned like four different lingua, lingua franca sweaters. When they go high, <laughs> when they go low, resist. I go high. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, Charlotte seems like a hashtag resistor. Yeah. And Miranda seems we like she mom. would. Yeah, Miranda would have gone. She would have done like the, the pink yeah. pussy hat. But I think Miranda, just by default of having been a lawyer her entire career and dealing with different types of people, and like being in these situations, like she just seems like she would have had more of a handle on it than what the writers on this show wrote for her. And it's like, yeah, it's, I, I think that what we're all kind of circling, first of all, Miranda was always my favorite character. And what I loved about Miranda was how, you know, her sort of how acerbic, how sarcastic, how sort of, you know, cutting she could be. Um, and and they weirdly softened her in this in all mm-hmm. the wrong ways. Um, they, they made her this like oddly hopeless romantic, um, which I just found sort of just not what I expected from her character. And again, like, it's not as though I, I don't want to be surprised by the character and that she can't change. I just found myself just baffled by the choices that she was making. And just even just like all that Naya stuff at the beginning in the classroom and in the subway and all that sort of like awkwardness and clumsiness, like 
it's just, this doesn't feel like Miranda to me, but I don't know. I mean, I think all of the awkwardness and clumsiness also comes out of the fact that like, they, yeah, it's not like you can't be surprised by a character and a character can't change, but they made her a narcissist. They straight up made her a narcissist. That's all the Che stuff um, and the whole ruining Steve's life to be a hopeless romantic with Che. But it also, I think, accounts for why she's awkward and fumbling because she wants to be seen as like white lady savior without being a white lady savior. Like, no, totally. It, it's like she wants to be the star student in a very like narcissistic, yeah. I'm doing this for my own benefit way. And that's not Miranda. Like they straight up made her a narcissist. Yeah. And they even tried to have, like, it's like the, the writers also seem to be anticipating this pushback because then they had had her have this, like, whole monologue being like, aren't I allowed to change? Aren't I, you know, can't I, like, and I'm like, yes, you can. Yeah. And we expect, like, I don't expect a character to stay the same from age 30 to 55. That's, that's like, bananas. No, of course not. Like, women have huge changes. Like, I'm a, I feel like a very different person at age 30. 33 than I did at age, you know, even just age 27 or something. Like there's a lot of growth that happens in like two or three year increments. And all of a sudden it's like huge, but it is like, we, we took the show Bible and the character Bible and we just like chucked it into the fire and it was like chaos and free for all. And I agree. I think they turned her into this like complete, like hopeless romantic narcissist over Che Diaz, who I'm like, it is a credit to Sada Ramirez that I like, they can be giving like, can be playing a character that I am like, this is like Jar Jar, the Jar Jar Banks of, and just like that, like just so grating. So, and I'm, I know some of this is like on purpose, but like, like Sara is still like giving a performance that I'm like invested in. I think it's like good, but, but it's, it's just like the way that, uh, you know, this like it feels like character whiplash. That's what I feel yep. like I have with Miranda Absolutely. because Carrie, I think you made a meme of like you put the side by side of Miranda saying to Carrie, being like, "What are you going to do in Paris? Just like eat croissants all day?" Yes. And they literally had a similar so. scene, the parallel, yeah, the parallel of like Carrie saying basically the same thing to Miranda, which is like, "What are you going to do in LA all day? Like go." But do you think go to this comedy show? And but then it was like drop, you know, and then Carrie was she was like, that's very judgmental. There was like no I'm like, let I mean, these women Miranda, fight. You're the queen of judgment. You fucking like, oh that's my crazy. god. Yeah, it's, it's like crazy. let these women like have an actual fight. I know that you already have this fight between them and Samantha, or like this this, you know, tension between them and Samantha. It's like again, I think circling something which is like what does friendship look like with people who you've known for 20 some odd years you knew them when they were in their 30s and now you know them at 55 like what does that look like and of course you're gonna have fights and like let them fight this seems like something that they would have a yeah it's like let let (laughs) because yeah because carrie and miranda have had a lot of big fights on the show and it's like this seems like something that even if you're like, oh, maybe it's just not, it's just not worth it to have the fight. I, I think they would have the fight. Like well, the history I, I is there. That- 
I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. I, I wonder... This show was never great at continuity, if we're being honest, in terms of its backstory, in terms of its like, remember when Charlotte had a brother, um, you know, <laughs> like, you know, just just weird things that kind of they just don't care about that stuff, which leads me to believe that they're more interested in the moment than they are in six seasons and two movies of build up to said moment. I'm not making excuses for it, but there's a part of me that feels like they siloed this off. This is its own fucking thing. They hope that people don't think too hard about it. Um, and they hope, and, and, and it's crazy to think that when you've made this show, which obviously, but, but I really do believe that there's just a lot of stuff that they just didn't think about. I'm re- I, there's this article that I pulled up of the, the most cringeworthy moments of this, of this mini series. Oh, and <laughs> some of them I agree with, um, Carrie not calling 911 at the beginning does feel like one of those <laughs> pretty significant things where you're just like, what? Anyway, so... I'm of two minds about that. That's oh, like, okay, okay. Yes, it's like call 911, but also okay. like in a moment of intense trauma like that, some people are fucking... Some people's response is to like freeze. And you I mean, completely sure. forget how to like do literally anything. I, I don't. I don't. Again, disagree. again, but again, is the show actually thinking Carrie's having a trauma response? No, Carrie's trauma <laughs> response is like she shows up. Uh, here's how Carrie acts in trauma. She has the fawn deer in headlights reaction. Like, no, they don't give a shit about any of that. So I will say, yes, it's cringe. Also. Um, Carrie's desperate need to be friends with Lizette, which is the girl downstairs, which I think is an interesting call. Um, the <laughs> Carrie and Samantha going out for drinks off screen. Uh, I forgot about the woke moment button that Che has on her podcast. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Just fucking brutal. Um, they bring this but up. Also, I, what yeah. year do they think this exists? <laughs> Why do they have Colin? Yeah, Colin no questions like on a podcast. Why, like woke moment is it? Is it 2017? It's crazy. Like it's crazy. they do bring up Steve, and we need to talk about Steve for a second. Here. <sighs> yeah, because Steve is is ter- they turn Steve into like a character, like. The moment at the farmer's market was like, oh, I forgot my wallet and I, I can't hear anything. And I don't know. It's like he's turned into such a fucking debacle of a character. I just don't understand. Is this so that we are, so we sort of understand why she cheats on him? I don't know. Because it's like Steve and Harry are like doing a new version of Grumpy Old Men or something. Is ha- <laughs> They're in like a separate. Saw, yeah. That was like a tweet. There was like some tweet I saw that was like, they're like in Grumpy Old Men, a reboot of Grumpy Old Men, and everyone else is doing something else. And like, it is true though. Like they have turned, they have turned like Steve, who I think canonically was like, like one of the hottest dudes on the show and also like the best at sex. Yes, like, very good it's at sex. a little sex. dopey, but like. It's, yeah, yeah, but like a little dopey, but like. There was a reason that Miranda kept going back to him. And part of it was that he was like really good at sex and also <laughs> hot. And like, yes. it's just like, and also Harry was like, also yeah. at one point, just like really good at sex. And like, yes. Charlotte was like, oh my God, I have like never. I've had, had the best s- sex in my life I had with this guy. Yeah. yeah the best yeah. sex in my life. And it's just like, it's, 
So are we supposed to like hate them now? <laughs> like, like uh, it's just like I I understand that like uh, uh, Dave Eigenberg was like I I have hearing aids, so I need to like we have to incorporate yeah. this into the show, and that's fine. I think sure. like great, you know, this is like a normal aging thing. Yeah. I but like to, but I forgot to ha- know how to please my wife is. A step too far as far as I'm concerned. And like, like uh, first of all, pleasing your wife, you have like the greatest dessert tray set up I've ever seen in my life. Like, I will come over to your apartment every night and have ice cream. Yeah, I'll fucking eat dessert. Sure. Great. Yeah. It's just like, I don't like. <sighs> I, part of it too is, and I, it's, it's worth saying that the, the scene, the breakup scene between Steve and Miranda, Steve is making really solid points yeah like steve is just like listen i've been putting up with your bullshit for years (laughs) and i'm fucking done and i respect him for it but she's just like her head in the clouds i just don't understand it Big look how they massacred my boy energy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, very much. Look how they massacred very, my boy. Very much so. And then on top of it all, the added thing is they don't even fucking round off his story. He gets a scene with with Carrie where with the fucking wedding ring and the painting of the house and the whatever. And they kind of talk about stuff, but then they basically pull the ripcord out of the conversation. And they're just done and they don't when the writers are like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. And then he's given like some fucking off-screen line or some shit. And I'm just like, they did him dirty on this show. Anyway, that's the these are my thoughts about Steve. Uh the other cringe things, Che bragging about her sexual, their sexual prowess. Uh yeah, she's they are very, very, very um good at sex, I guess. <laughs> Um, Allegedly. Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> listen, we all crave Che. Let's just be real. Um, the whole blowjob situation, I don't even really know what that was about, really. Like, was it so that Lily got a storyline for an episode where Charlotte had to talk to her about blowjobs? I, I don't know. Uh, and they backed out of that, too, remember? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. God, this fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> Have the sex talk, that, talk with your kid. Yeah. yeah. Have the sex yeah. talk with your kid. She's also 15. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's, there's, there's no way that after being on TikTok and like having and a Instagram, Finsta, she has her, yeah, there's no way. Having a Instagram, there's no way that Lily being a, also being a New York City teen does not yeah. have a basic understanding of what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, just, no. This article calls out Carrie's Diwali outfit. Well, so my like my boyfriend is South Indian, and so we talked to because he's like dipped in and out of watching this with me, and most of his <laughs> he kept being like, "What happened to the Peloton bike? Where did it go?" <laughs> so that was his concern. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, he he did say he was like, "There's a difference between how Diwali is celebrated yes. in North India versus South sure. India," and he was like, "Yes, also." the outfits that they're showing are even if it was like North Indian, it's wrong. It's not, these are not saris. They are something right. else. And the name is escaping me, but like they were so, like, also why are they showing her outfit so much more than like Seema's Seamus. and like the, like everyone at Seema's Diwali, like crazy. Yeah. I want to talk very briefly um, 
because I don't know anything about fashion. And I don't mean to suggest that as women, you know more about fashion, but I think it's safe to say that you do um, because I know nothing. Carrie's outfits, or let's just say the outfits by and large on this show. There's one in particular where she talks about how she has this sort of crazy outfit that she walks around her neighborhood wearing with these fucking gloves and like... And I'm just like, she looks like a fucking lunatic. She looks like a crazy bag lady or something. And why would you go out in public that way? There's a lot of outfits that she wears in this. What are your thoughts? In the whole on her? show, she's had, some, she's had some bag lady outfits in the series. <laughs> she's wearing I some mean, dumb I think hats also, in this. Not, she what, doesn't want to, the whole thing with the bag lady, yeah. or the smoking outfit is she doesn't yeah. want to be recognized. Okay. So there's so that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All she's right. hiding that she's hiding that she's smoking and like covering up every inch so she doesn't get smoke on her. But I think it's also like I don't want to be recognized while I'm out. Well, she my... should take some lessons from the Olsen twins because if anyone has made bag lady fashion extremely chic, it is true. The Olsens, that's like, true. and it's weird. That's like a line, a clothing line, the row. Like they could really put Carrie in some looks from that, and it would that's still true. be like she can very much fall within her like weird bag lady fashion. That I she think does sometimes. I didn't watch the entire documentary on the making of this uh, before this episode because um, life's too short, but I did watch half of it (laughs) and it does open with a... Some sort of a storage unit that Sarah Jessica Parker has of every outfit that Carrie's ever worn on the show. Just pretty incredible. Um, What did you think of her outfits in this series by and large? I was living for them. I love them. (laughs) I love like I think Keaton I think like Keaton killed had uh, a tweet or something the first episode where he's like he was like Carrie's back having brunch with a stupid fucking hat nature is absolutely <laughs> yeah she did have a lot of stupid fucking hats um I yeah like I actually thought she looked pretty she looked pretty good most okay. of the season I um the the one pantsuit was a little Paula Poundstone for me yes. uh, but but I did kind of like enjoy it and that it's a little bit of a fashion a fashion swerve which I think the show does a lot um I also thought the other two women the looks that they chose I think Miranda's in particular um felt very true to the character and also uh to to like Cynthia Nixon's kind of style preferences which I think also hew very close to Miranda um I will say that you know this show doesn't do fashion. Well, the show doesn't do a lot of things very subtly, but definitely not the fashion. And so the last look on the bridge uh, in Paris was like a lot. And I wasn't... It's like a creamsicle, she looked like? some sort She of looks a... like a creamsicle and... Uh, <laughs> You know, the the pink gloves. It was just a lot. And I was imagining people, Parisians would were probably like, what the fuck is this lady doing? Like, because that's just not how people there dress. But yeah, I that's thought that's our girl. Like that's Yeah, our that's girl. our girl. Um I yeah, I thought she looked pretty good. I, okay, yeah, I so thought she looked pretty good. I would how do we feel about the Eiffel Tower ashes purse situation? Well, did I, mean, I not? Didn't I send you the video of like somebody had edited this on Twitter and put, uh, oh, I think it's one of my friends who's a non binary comedian. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. The show has, I've never seen a, 
uh, an unfunny non-binary comedian until Chady as all the non-comedians <laughs> I've ever seen are like the funniest fucking comedians. Sure. So my friend Jay mm-hmm. made this video of her dumping the ashes with the purse, but edited it so that it was Jennifer Coolidge's monologue from White Lotus <laughs> on top of it. I'm talking about mother, mother, mother. And it the reason and it worked a little too well. That's my thoughts on it. Would you use the purse again? It feels like that's no. kind of, it's done now, right? Oh, the purse is done. <laughs> the purse is done. The purse is gonna go. My question is not so much about the purse. My question is, did she keep a little bit of the ashes for herself? <laughs> this isn't funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. I seriously was like, I, that's a serious thing I think about when people spread ashes. Like, do they toss all of them? Or do you keep like I a little believe bit of the them all. But like, I mean, wouldn't you Carrie was keep keeping big in her time? fucking closet. Yeah, yeah, but like, it's it's not like she. It's one of those things where I'm like, where do you have to go to like visit him? It's not like you planted a tree or something. You toss right. them in the fucking sand. They're like going into the sewer. You dumb bitch. Like, well, at least it wasn't it like you know the haunted mansion at Disneyland, which people do. You know, she didn't toss big into. The- the haunted I, love, I love that this is the second time Carrie is called Carrie Bradshaw dumb bitch during this episode. It's no, it's giving me life. I, I'm, I, I'm all for I love, it. I love her so. I, say I know this you do. Like a friend. I know. <laughs> this is if she's my close personal friend. Um, and also because I, listen, yeah. Carrie representation matters. Car- no, <laughs> uh, Carries are important. Carries are important. I gotta call out the, the Carries who are. That's a bad name. I think that this is, the, I don't know if anyone does what Carrie did with the ashes, right? I'm sure that there are some people that spread ashes into areas or what have you. It just feels very cinematic. It just feels like a thing mm-hmm. that people do in movies yeah. and television shows. I don't know that they really do it in time. I, I also don't know if you're allowed to do it quite frankly. I was going to say, I think it's illegal to spread them in the ocean or something. I think people yeah. do it, but like, I think it's. There's yeah. something about like you're not legally allowed to put bodily remains in bodies of water. Yeah, I yes, I, I think that there's a bunch of reasons why it's not okay. It doesn't seem hygienic. It doesn't seem like a good idea. Um, I also just wonder too, like in terms of, uh, I don't know. It just seems gross. I gotta be honest. It just seems like a thing that you should just they should be in an urn or a mausoleum or something. Um, but all that being said. Um, in terms of the outfits, I agree. They were absurd. The most absurd being Nicole Ari Parker's outfit of many pockets and zippers. It was like a fucking Inspector Gadget. I was just like, what is this? She's very and they were prepared. All like makeup brushes or something. Yeah. yeah. It's like you're painting. What do you think you're going? Like, at least put like paint brushes or something. Don't put like a blush brush in there. It was absolutely bonkers. It was the most bonkers of all the outfits. Um, I also love that Carrie took a, a sip of water from a mason jar that looked like it could have been Carrie Corrigan, to be clear to our listeners, uh, that I thought was like moonshine because it was in like a mason <laughs> jar. And I was like, I hope that Carrie's drinking moonshine. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that ultimately it's just on a fashion level, that's what this show does. It goes big. It goes dramatic. Um, if Carrie's not wearing a stupid hat, then ultimately what it comes down to. Um, did you guys, so in terms of characters that stood out for you, 
characters that you liked of the new batches, who sort of popped for you? Who would you want to see more episodes with? <laughs> Zima. I want, Just I, I want silence. Zima. I'm yeah. Okay. I, I definitely, I would really like, I would like more Seema. And as I said, I would like more of uh, Hari Neff as yes. the trans rabbi. Absolutely. Ha- more Hari Neff in general in any capacity, but definitely on the show. I think it it gave it, um, like she really gave it that kind of like old energy and mm-hmm. humor that I was looking Absolutely. for. And I like her, her scenes were real standouts for me and it's just it's just a fun i you know it's i found myself at the end of this miniseries surprised at how much i probably would enjoy more episodes with naya and with sima and and even with nicole ari parker's character che's really the only one that i just don't ever need to see again um the I do think that they added something to the show. I think that they're you know they were not devoid of of any sort of um, merits. I, I do think that if we get another season of this show and we do check in with these characters again, um, I'd be okay with that. And I'm not sure that I would have thought that at the beginning of this show. So it did something right insofar as that the finale weirdly made me feel like maybe there's something good to come out of all of this and a genuinely good show could come out of it on the other side of this. That's a big fucking if, but it's possible. I don't know. Um, would you guys watch more episodes of this? I would watch an episode a day every single day for the rest of my life. Yeah, to to read from another, um, I pulled this tweet up because I think it really sums up my feelings and I sent it to you all. This is also from... Um, a non-binary comedian uh, that I think is very funny, James Tyson. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said, and just like that is the worst show on television. If they released a new episode every day, I would watch it. It should never have been made. I want 17 more seasons. It deserves every Emmy. I don't know about the Emmy part, um, but I that is basically how I feel about this um, yeah, it- train wreck of an experience that yeah. I had. I also think, and it, you know, to wrap this up, I do think that this had to have done what HBO Max wanted it to do. They haven't told us the numbers, but like, it got people talking about the show. Che was all <laughs> over Twitter. Um, I imagine that the demo that they wanted to pull into HBO Max, which is perhaps women over fifty-five, I think that there's a, you know it might have bumped up those numbers. I'd be shocked if we didn't get another season of it. The question ultimately is how much it would cost. And I can only imagine the exorbitant costs of this, the above the line alone of what each of these actors cost and their EP fees. And like, it's, it seems crazy. That being said, um, I think it's, I mean, it did what it was supposed to do, right? We were all talking about it. I mean, our our text chain is, if nothing, you know, there's a lot of caps, but still. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, I found my Halloween costume this year, which is to go as Che Diaz. Um, (laughs) It would be so scary. Can you imagine just popping into a Halloween party and being like, hey, it's Che Diaz. It's um, like that gift that I sent you guys that Carrie said, this is an attack. Where it's like Che <laughs> just being like, eh. 
And now people, you know, they've they've memed Che into oblivion. Che's now going. I hope Che shows up on the Gilded Age. You know, let's just throw him. <laughs> let's just throw Are him you in. Guys watching the Gilded Age? Just I, so yes, I am. An, another show that is turn off your brain and just watch all oh these my. Broadway actresses uh, in beautiful I, costumes. So it's great. my roommate is an enormous Downton fan. Like yes, I am Downton. too. Yeah. Um, I've only seen the first season of Downton. I liked it fine, but I just didn't stick with it. Um, we're watching Gilded Age, but it's baffling to me. Like I, every, I, first of all, the the hook at the end of the pilot was no one came to my party. Yeah, that, like, and you're wait, what? Like, how does that enough of a hook to watch an, another episode of the show? Carrie Coon, who I adore, would lay down traffic for. Yeah, is she good on this show, guys? Um, she is like Scorpio. Her character, I feel, is Scorpio representation of she and her husband are are willing to really right some wrongs by doing the pettiest possible things. So I do feel very seen. I cannot say that anything on this show is very good, but that's just kind of Julian Phillips. I was gonna say I've never I've never seen any Downton Abbey. Yeah. No familiarity. Sure. I do not. I'm not a big historical drama person. So I'm like, I think maybe some context is lost on me. To me, this is like camp. It's, yeah, it I'm watching be, it right? really like this show is fucking camp. And I do think that it's beautiful that basically every episode so far has ended with Donna Murphy sweeping in as Mrs. Astor and just being like, this is terrible. And then it ends. <laughs> and, and I like, I think every TV show should actually end that way. Uh, with Donna sweep- Murphy sweeping into the room. But since There's a great Nixon. Donna Murphy sweep cameo in um, Inventing Anna, I will say. Oh, like, great. I was I was great. truly, like, extreme Tiffany Fowler voice. Donna Murphy! <laughs> <laughs> so, I just, to, to bring this back to, to uh, Cynthia Nixon in The Gilded Age, yeah. feels like she is just like, guys... I'm in a period piece. This is really exciting. She is dialed to 11. She seems like she's been hit with a two by four. I don't understand what the fuck her character is about. I don't know what she's doing. I'm just, I'm baffled by it. No, and I wish I had seen that production of Little Foxes that she did with Laura Linney where they swapped roles like every night or something. It was like every other night they play the other role. And I wish I had seen that because I had heard that that production was really good and that's sure. also would have been set i think is usually set around the same right. time um but yeah it is a very different cynthia nixon is giving a very different performance it's just on, like on the gilded age than on. <laughs> i mean as she should be but i'm just right like, yeah the gilded age is baffling it's a bonkers television show i'm all for it uh it's great everyone should watch the gilded age um but i but i just I, I just want to say um, that I would watch more episodes of of this iteration of Sex and the City gladly, similar to yourself, to both of you. Um, I don't know if they're going to do it. I kind of hope they do. Um, but I'll also say this. If this is the last time we check in with these characters, I am much happier with this end point than the second Sex and the City movie. Um but it's also a weird place to leave them. Like, I'm also just sort of like, like, what's Marin? She's got red hair again. Why? 
Well, I think didn't they didn't they change the ending at the last minute? Like they were going to have her stay in New York, and I think it was probably oh. like they were going to have her stay, be practical, Miranda, and be like, yeah, maybe the change I need in my life is just to dye my fucking hair back. Like maybe I don't need to throw my life upside down. But then there was that it was like in W or something or Van. Oh, it was Vanity Fair where they okay. were like we decided to go against what like everyone expected of Miranda. So I think maybe like, I think they reshot it at like the last minute. So maybe that was like the original. I mean, I know that there were reshoots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was also, I mean, obviously there was editing. They edited out Chris Noth. I think that like, there's a part of me that feels like the reception. Cause like, obviously this was not, they were not done shooting this when they started airing them. Because I think that the reception to certain things changed the way certain things were done. I respect the doubling down on Miranda and Che. Because like, if you're on Twitter <laughs> and your takeaway from the discourse is these two should end up together, I don't know. Man, we've been, I mean, we've been saying this whole time, if you're going to do something, do something. And that seems to be the only... <laughs> the only thing they did. The only thing they're committed to is it's, Che. It's che. I, and I mean, like, I know that that character <laughs> is supposed to be written to be annoying on yeah. some level. And and I think I said this in our text, chain where I was like, I don't know if I would be less annoyed if they weren't a, a podcaster, a comedian... <laughs> Or both. I think it's like it doesn't yeah. matter. It's yeah. just yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know. It was like why why did we why? go all in on Che Diaz? Why? Yeah. I really yeah. Did, you you made a really interesting illusion earlier about the J, the Jar Jar binks <laughs> of this television show. Cause and and it really is a good connection because I remember in nineteen ninety nine they were Right, Jar Jar was on the cover of Rolling Stone. Jar Jar was fucking everywhere. They were like, "This guy is a star. Everyone's (laughs) gonna love Jar Jar. He's gonna be like." They were all in, and I feel like that. Jay is Jar Jar. Jar. They just seemed like they were like this. She. Everyone's gonna love her. They. My apologies. (laughs) Everyone's gonna love they. Them. And I was just like. Are they watching a different show? Are they seeing a different character? And Jar Jar is kind of perfect because I do feel like if we get another season of this, I feel like it's going to be similar to Jar Jar, which is that Che's going to get like one scene and that's going to be that. Yeah. They yeah. Really, I don't know. They really bought into it. it just they really re- bought into it. Really. Bu- and, in, and again, I think it's two Sauter's like talent that I, I mean, like Sarah is such a, uh, a charismatic performer Absolutely, and, yeah. and, you know, I, I wish they would come back to Broadway because like, I will say, I know maybe everyone else didn't love it, but I did love that they made Che sing, sing because California I was like, oh. I was like, all I want is like, just like, if I can't get Sarah back on Broadway, then I will take this, like, random moment of them singing well, listen, and a, and sure a TV show. Does. And it's like, I just, like, Sarah is great. And I, I think, like, I think they're giving a great performance on the show, despite the, <laughs> the character. Like, like, I think it's to Sarah's credit that 
you know, like but it's even remotely palatable. Yeah. Yes. Sure. I think. So, I think that. so. Yeah. I. I guess yeah. it's just. Yeah. Um. Yes. I. I mean, listen. Chay forever. I mean, listen, like, let's just, I mean, I hope her show goes to series. Um, I, I, I hope that we get more of her. Um, uh, I'm genuinely curious to see what they do with the character in the future, I guess. Um, I don't know, guys. I'm just like, I, I still don't know how I feel about this fucking miniseries. I feel like I'm going to be thinking about it for, cause I genuinely. Never. It kind. I mean, I. The weird thing is, after the second movie, the show was so dead to me. The characters are so like. I was just like, I just you you fucked it up. <laughs> I, I just I'm I I didn't care. And then when this happened, I was like, they got me caring again. But I'm also just so confused about how I feel now. Before at least I was just like, I hate them all. I hate this movie. I hate everything about this. I'll just watch the series forever and pretend the movies don't exist. And now we have this thing, which has sort of like recontextualized everything and made it even harder to like these characters. It's just very strange. Anyway. I think I'll probably like watch the first two episodes again, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked the first two episodes. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did too. Yeah. And then the series and maybe the first movie every now and then. Yep. Fast forwarding through like the, the dry, chunky parts. <laughs> the dry chunky dry. parts is the worst description of anything ever the word, as soon as it came out of my mouth i was like what i just i said it as soon as it came out i was like that's bad it's like if, if the first, if the series, if the first original series of Sex and the City is a Cosmo, then this is like drinking the worst, like school lunch vegetable soup out of, out of, uh, you know, a martini glass. It's so chunky. Oh, it's so dry and chunky, guys. Um. <laughs> hard, to hard to believe I am a writer. Oh, it's, it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I yeah, I, I, I want to say one last thing about the movies because I do think that it's something that thankfully they stopped doing because this is a series and not a movie. The set pieciness of the movies is also something that doesn't work for the show. It's you know what I mean? Like I think about that there are no less than three fashion shows, it feels like, in that first movie. Like just legitimately montages, 15-minute montages of her trying on different outfits and you're just like guys i i mean i get it but like what are we doing this this no narrative whatever it's just spending money to spend money um and i appreciated that what i think is great about the show and what i think that this show did relatively well is again just sort of making it smaller making it more intimate making it more about these characters even if we didn't love necessarily everything that was happening to them i at least appreciated that it was a little bit more grounded and they didn't feel like fucking cartoon characters you know globe trotting and doing their married fucking exes anyway um this was great guys <laughs> i hope that you enjoyed this i know i did um and i can't wait to have you guys both back on together individually whatever for anything uh you guys are an open door policy um i know that carrie we're going to eventually talk about ali mcbeal at some point um which i <laughs> Cannot wait Can't to wait. talk about that. Show. That show is fucking insane. True, I, I sent Carrie um, a video clip from an episode I watched where 
Ali's CG tongue. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah. And it's fucking insane. I love it though. What what is David E. Kelly doing? They let them do this on network television. I just like every time I watch it, I'm like, I cannot believe they were allowed to do this on network TV. Yeah. What (laughs) drugs were like, what drugs was he on and where can I get some? Like, how about, how about like, um, uh, oh my God, John Cage, like dismounting off of toilets. I love him. I would, I would lie down in traffic for John Cage. I will say that right now. I will reiterate (laughs) it whenever we do an Ali McNeil podcast. John Cage, your like ideal man. No, okay, I just okay. he's sweet, and like I, every time they make fun of him, I'm like, he's just sweet and good. <laughs> he is, he is sweet and good, and and a little broken, a little broken, a little mentally broken, a little spiritually broken, just a bizarre kook. I, when he's I have dating Portia de Rossi, it's crazy. Yeah, when, when, <laughs> yeah. When she wants him to spank her, it's all weird. It's all weird. It's a weird show. Uh, can't wait I to can't talk wait about to talk it. About Still it. more sex than and just like that, though. Correct, correct. <laughs> uh, Emmy, you feel, feel free to come on talk about Ali McBeal with us at some point if you want. I've um, never seen a single episode. Oh my so. god! Then this you I might need it. to. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Hulu. <laughs> um, thank you guys so much for doing this. This was an absolute blast, and uh, can't wait to talk with you guys soon. One last thing, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, Speaking of subscribing, check out our Patreon on all the best films of 1989, Batman, When Harry Met Sally, Fabulous Baker Boys, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Ghostbusters 2, Field of Dreams, Major League, and many, many more. We are covering all the best films of 1989 with amazing guests like Joanna Robinson, Liz Hanna, Hunter Covington, Brian Cogman, David Iserson, and many, many more. All your favorite guests from our 1999 podcast are coming on to the 1989 Patreon. You can sign up for it at patreon.com backslash podcast like it's 1989. For only $5, you get access to all of these awesome episodes. And for a few bucks more, you get video of our 1999 episodes as well. Plus, there are other very cool tiers too, where you can even be a guest on our podcast. Please check out our Reddit as well at reddit.com backslash podcast like it's. We're also on Twitter at podcast like it's 1999. We're also on Instagram at podcast like it's 1999. Uh, thank you so much to Ernie and Will for producing our episodes, Sullivan for our social media, Yon Katas for our amazing art and theme songs. And most of all, thank you all for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.